0: Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. I'm Eric Devonier and today we're here with Logan. Welcome Logan. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. Uh, Logan, I'm wondering if you can take uh, just a couple minutes and tell us some background about yourself.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so like you said, uh,
1: my name is Logan. I'm from the Bay Area, California, from San Jose. Um, I grew up, uh, I was born kind of in a small town called Morgan Hill, um, mm-hmm. out by Gilroy. And then moved over to Saratoga, just another suburb of San Jose when I was about seven. Um, I grew up in the church. Both my parents were active members. My dad converted when he uh, married my mom in their thirties. And my mother um, converted when she was a young girl.
0: So. Oh, well, yeah. So they're both converts and then you were born and raised in the church then? Yeah. And um, so what was it like growing up for you in, in your home and in, in connection with the church? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I
1: think I grew up kind of a typical LDS boy, you know, yeah. um, baptized when I was eight, went to Cub Scouts, all that. Um, <laughs> Pinewood
0: Derby. Yeah. Right, right. I, I
1: won the Pinewood Derby one oh, year. Wow. Actually. Yeah. Wow. Congrats. <laughs> Thank That's you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, so when I was about six years old, my parents got divorced and, you know, that made it a little difficult, but yeah. they both still, stayed active in the church and supported me and my siblings. Um, I've got three older brothers and a younger sister. So okay. um, yeah, we pretty much lived with my dad full time and he was actually raised Episcopal, mm-hmm. um, but you know, didn't take religion super seriously yeah. till he joined the yeah. LDS church.
0: Then, so. so then after the parents divorce, though, so you're, you're living with your dad, but you're, mm-hmm. you guys are still going to church and, and just kind of uh, doing the ironic priesthood thing and...
1: Yeah, um, it was kind of
0: interesting, you know,
1: hearing, because I was, I like I said, I was about six when they got divorced, yeah. so, you know, just kind of confused and understand a whole lot of what was going on. Sure. But talking to my dad now, when he reflects back on it, he kind of mentions how he had his own sort of crisis and trial of faith, you know, going oh. through a divorce, obviously. Right. And you know, at first he wanted to just take his boys to baseball games on Sundays and go fishing and whatnot, yeah. but. uh he, he realized soon that, you know, it was going to be more, uh, it, it was more important for us for him to get us
0: to church. So. Wow. Yeah. So, so he realizes that, and you, you've got that, um, you know, that beginning with your family and, and its connection to the church, but how did your personal testimony of the gospel grow? How did that develop? Yeah. Um,
1: you know, I, I remember vaguely my baptism when I was eight. Yeah. Um, mainly just the feelings. I remember um, when I was 12 and doing baptisms for the dead for the first time. I think for me, it was interesting having no real pioneer lineage, none of that background in the church, none of my dad's siblings are members or his parents or anything like that. So it was pretty much me, my siblings, my dad and, you know, my mom separately, but, you know, still as a family unit. and so, I think just having the support from those closest to me was really important. Right.
0: Yeah. And then, um, and so then as, as you grow and develop, do you remember any particular instances where, um, you know, where, where you've prayed or read the Book of Mormon and, and felt the Spirit? Yeah. Um, you know, in my
1: childhood, I
0: definitely remember
1: yeah. taking scripture study pretty seriously. Um, up until I got into high school. And then it, you know, it was a little more rebellious. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I didn't love 6am seminary, but I did graduate. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, um, I don't know of any particular specific instances. I do remember giving some church talks that other members, you know, found kind of impressive, but, um, you know, kind of later on, I, I sort of thought that was just, good public speaking not necessarily a testimony
0: yeah that they that they liked it right there was something about it yeah yeah and so as we often talk about on the podcast you know there are these challenges that come to you know our religious faith and to our expectations about religion um so tell us a little bit in in your life how did those challenges come that that affected your faith
1: yeah um well so when i was six, like I mentioned, my parents getting divorced. When I was seven, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes as well. Um, And it was difficult, but I kind of saw it as a blessing in a way. Um, You know, obviously when I was a kid, it made me irritable and had all the side effects that made it difficult, learning how to give myself injections when I was a young boy. Um, But I did see it as a blessing in a way that it would allow me to take my health a little bit more seriously. Um, and I kind of knew that any trial God gave me um, was for me to grow and learn. So as mm, a kid, I, I was able to have that perspective from a pretty young age. Yeah. And I always kind of say that I grew up a little fast, um, but as I got older and I graduated high school and my friends, you know, were drinking and smoking weed. and um, partying, um, the, that looked a little bit more enticing for me. And so sure. that's when I kind of diverted my path for a bit, so.
0: Yeah. So you, you diverted your path um, and, and went that route. And, and so what, what was it like for you spiritually during that time? I mean, did, did, you, um, did you keep going to church or did you, um, you know, stop going to church? Did you feel um, like you could keep praying? Like what, what was it like for you in that, that time period? It was hard because
1: I, I, f- I saw everything in kind of black and white. I saw it as either I'm 100% faithful in the church, going every mm. week, have this super strong testimony, or I'm completely the opposite. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think when I was 17 or 18, it, it was the summer after I graduated high school, I started thinking on my own, and I was supposed to be preparing to go on a mission, and there were some obstacles with health and whatnot. And I thought to myself, well, how can I go preach a religion for two years if I'm not a hundred percent devoted to it? Um, so at that time, you know, I thought, well, I I don't want to be devoted to it. So I kind of removed myself. And I had a discussion with my dad. He noticed that I was kind of distant from the family. I was separating myself a lot. And um, you know, he was just expecting me to say, "Oh, sorry, my blood sugar's been high lately or whatever." <laughs> um, and yeah, I hit him with a ton of bricks. you know, It was like, "Hey, so you know how I'm preparing to go on a mission?" Yeah. actually no." <laughs> and um, it was really hard for him. And I can only imagine from a father's perspective, you know, um, just the sadness of putting in so much effort to get your kids to grow their own testimonies and realize um, the truth of the gospel on their own. And you know, I completely went away from that and I just told him, I don't have a testimony. I don't want to go to church and you know, I'm going to live my life how I want and live it how my friends are. Um, So I know it was particularly hard on my dad, my siblings as well, but you know, they kind of. Understood my perspective yeah. a little bit at least.
0: But how good though? I mean, that you could you could say it and and, and feel free to say that to your dad. That's and, true. And to help him know this this is where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, and, and to be that um, kind of honest with yourself that hey this this is where I'm at. And it, and it's interesting too. You know, you talk about that hundred percent. Right, yeah, that if I'm if I'm not a hundred percent, then I'm out. Right, right, and that that's such an interesting you know way of looking at it because that is a really difficult way to live. Yeah, you know, as, as opposed to trying to strive you know right. for something, but that's that's hard. And so, so um, you have that conversation with your dad, and then so for how long are you not involved with the church? Um, I want to say it was about
1: two years. Two years. Um, I had a friend that left for his mission around the time that I left the church yeah. and he came back around the time that I kind of reactivated.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. and, and what was it that brought you back? I mean, that, that's the most interesting thing is that, that you feel this way, you know, you tell your dad, um, you know, I'm not going to pray for a mission. I'm just heading out, doing my own thing. Yeah. And then you're gone, I mean, for two years, right? Yeah. Like this and, and you're living, you know, the way that you want, but something makes you come back. So w- what's that thing that, that brings you back? For me,
1: um, you know, well, to backtrack a little bit, um, Mm. I had a lot happen in the year that I, in the first year that I kind of decided not to go to church anymore. I, you know, obviously was experimenting outside of church commandments. And so um, I got a tattoo. I had this motorcycle that I crashed, broke my wrist real bad and, you know, was lucky to just have that. Um, Mm. But you know, that was just kind of the start of things. I had one of my closest friends, his, his father passed away um, in a car accident. And yeah. I, I just remember that like really struck me. And it was interesting because I thought, well, this is my friend's dad. This isn't like my own family member. I wasn't particularly close with his dad or anything, right. but I was very close with him. And um, I, you know, got a phone call from him and told my dad, Hey, I need to go help this friend. Can I use your car? And he said, um, remember your priesthood. And you know, at this time I was not involved with church. I didn't want to remember my priesthood (laughs) and I was like, okay, whatever. And I'm driving there and just thinking existentially, kind of, um, thinking about God, if there is a God, if there isn't. And at that time I thought, well, you know, regardless, I need to give my friend some comforting words. Um, yeah. I didn't want to preach any doctrine that I didn't believe in to him, but I told him that I did believe in God and that I hoped, you know, he would find some peace in that and, and that his dad would be okay and that he, there, there was potential to see him again. Um, a few weeks later, a mutual friend of me and that same friend passed away on my birthday. Um, oh, wow! It, it was, it was crazy. I laughed because it was just, you know, yeah. so dark. It's you. you well, that's yeah. some existential <laughs> questioning, right? There, exactly. Right? Coming, yeah. yeah. And, um, this was just hitting me so hard. I, I didn't know what to do. And, um, I, I don't think I prayed then, but a few months later, um, I was moved out of my house, um, because my dad told me, He wanted me to go to church once a month or pay rent, (laughs) so I said, all right. I went to church once a month for a while, and then I moved out for a bit. Um, I left, and um, I did say a prayer at another point when I was kind of having that existential crisis, I guess. Um, And I felt weird praying, because I thought, what if I'm just talking to nobody here? What if I'm just this crazy dude just saying (laughs) these words out loud, you know? And um, I didn't feel like I had a definitive answer, but I felt comfort and mm. I wasn't expecting it. I prayed with the intent of not getting an answer and I still was able to feel the spirit. Wow. And I wasn't living the commandments, which is, you know, something in our church that we teach is yeah. you receive revelation when you're being obedient. Right. And I wasn't and I still received this answer. Um, So that was kind of the start of things that happened, uh, like I said, about a year after I decided to stop going to church. Um, And then about a year later, I um, moved back home with my dad, was going to church once a month, like he asked. And I had a discussion with a stake presidency member who was a close friend of the family. And uh, it was in the parking lot when I was leaving right after sacrament. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he had another calling to get to, and he <laughs> kind of stops in his car, yeah. and he he just said to me something along the lines of, hey, you don't have to be 100% devoted to the church to know the basic good principles that it teaches. Right. And that was such a simple thing for him to say, but you know... the. The way he said it, how genuine he was, I could tell that he believed what he was saying. And and I thought about it and on my way home, I kind of cried a little bit and thought, wow, I I think, you know, I I told myself there may not be a God, but even if there isn't, if I live my life believing that there is, I'm going to be a lot happier and a lot better off. And I'm going to do a lot more good in this world than
0: the other, you know, the right. opposite. Right. So, well, and I, that's really interesting because you have that experience and then it's a year, right? And yeah. a year after that, after yeah. the prayer. And, and what's interesting is the member of the stake presidency actually um, explains to you why that prayer worked, yeah. right? And even if you weren't living the way that you should, it, uh, it's the fact that God loves you yeah. uh, and, and desires you, that you be happy and that you draw closer unto him. And so he's going to help you with that. Yeah, right, along that path, and so from from that point with the stake present, did did things just sort of grow bit by bit in terms of uh, your testimony and your activity with the church?
1: Yeah, um, I, I had a lot of little experiences that you know when I look back seem so significant, but it, you know at the moment they were insignificant. Right. Um, right. Just seeing friends from church that I knew when I was a teenager just at random places. Um, at school and stuff. It was just kind of a reminder like, oh, hey, I know them from church. And so there's just like a little link there. Um, My brother at the time was going to school here and um, I came up to visit him as well as um, my wife, Lily. We had started dating a little bit and she told me that we met online and she told me that she was going here at BYUI. And, um, you know, I I kind of scoffed and was like, (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, and I think I even said like, Oh, you're a Mormon girl. Okay. Like I've never dated a Mormon girl. (laughs) I said something like that. And then, um, I came up here to visit my brother and visit Lily. And, um, I just had, you know, massive spiritual impressions up here that I wasn't seeking or ready to receive at all. And, So I prayed really sincerely and I read, I don't even remember what I read. I want to say it was an Alma. Um, And I prayed. And as I prayed, I asked God, you know, if the church was true, um, if my testimony from when I was a kid was true. Um, I asked him if I needed to go to school here and if I needed to date Lily and that was the first time in my life that I felt like I received very vivid, clear um, revelation. Yeah. You know, I hadn't used the term revelation a lot mm-hmm. in my life prior to that, but I kind of prayed and sort of saw images in my own mind and, you know, felt these impressions that all of those things were true that I needed to go to school here and that I needed to date and
0: marry Lily. Yeah. So. Wow, yeah, all those things start to build, right, and build that testimony. Yeah. So, um, you know, one final question is, as you, as you look back and think about, you know, your life up to now and the experiences that you've had, what what advice would you give to a younger person and, and, and maybe just to anybody who's listening about that feeling and that need to be, you know, always at 100 percent? Yeah, um,
1: I would say something that I've learned personally is our gospel is so much about personal growth and personal revelation and your personal relationship with God. Yeah. Um, sometimes we get caught up in the culture more so than the gospel, and that creates kind of these false ideas about the church in our minds, I think. you know, If you know someone that's a member of the church who acts a certain way, that's not a direct reflection of what the gospel teaches. Right. You know, and I mean, that goes both ways. Um, okay. So I would say um, do a lot of personal seeking. Um, don't look at it as, I don't know, I need to be a good, worthy church member or whatever so that I set a good example for my kids to be good, worthy church members. Think of it first as I I need to find out if this is true and know if this gospel is right for me for my own personal growth. Right. And if you feel that that's true then yes, obviously you want to set good examples right. for your family and friends and whoever.
0: Right. Well, and most yeah. likely you will be a good example yeah. right? if the, if you focus on what's internal first before the external. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. Wow. Thank you for sharing that Logan. Yeah. I appreciate you, you being here. <laughs>